When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As the Nationals are struck away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got him. (laughs) That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to episode number 91 of the DC Crossover. I am Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone. Glad to have you with us on a Loser Monday as the Washington football team, Big L. Uh, the, the streak is broken, uh, losing to Dallas yesterday. Mike and I hopped on the Contender post-game show. You can listen to those on the Contender app. That's Contender with a K. It's a free app. 
uh, this post-game shows, not only for Washington football team, but uh, for Chicago and things like that, for other teams you may be fans of. And But Mike and I were able to hop on and break things down. Um, so if you've got a chance to listen to us live yesterday, you may hear some of the same things in our conversation today. Now that we've had a night to like digest things a little bit more, think through things a little bit more, and be even more disappointed uh, by, by that loss. We'll get to that. Uh, we've got some Caps shootout wins to talk about. The Washington Wizards just losing left and right. Their fall from grace, really. Um, and then some Nats news and some other stuff to get to on this action-packed Monday. But before we all get to that, I always like to find out how my partner in crime here is doing, my co-host, Mike Cerrone. I know we just talked yesterday doing the post-game right, show, right. but it's a brand-new week, the final week before the holidays break for you folks in, uh, in the county, the teachers. So it's got to feel good that you're getting closer and closer to that. It does. It does for sure. And that's the thing uh, that kind of kind of was a weird morning. Now, obviously, today is a Monday morning. And, uh, you know, first off, my girlfriend accidentally spilled coffee in her car, uh, which was rough. And, and that's tough to get out. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, then ob- it's just going to smell like coffee for the rest of time pretty much, <laughs> until you get a new car. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing uh, about coffee is that. So I was like, you know what? I'll make some this this morning too. And coffee, like like you know, it doesn't affect me or anything like that. So you know, when I made it, you know, I, I it's basically just something that's better than just just drinking water. I mean, it's it's basically like drinking flavored water to be honest with you. But sure, and you're speaking to a non coffee guy. Yeah, I yeah. I never I never have coffee. I am a water a strictly a water morning guy, except for. If I get a little breakfast in the drive-thru window, for some reason, I like my Diet Coke in the morning. I, I don't really do it often, but if I do get breakfast, uh, I uh, f- like has to be like, we're talking like McDonald's breakfast or like a fast food breakfast. I'm not talking about like Dunkin' Donuts. I'm not getting a Diet Coke. <laughs> but if you get like a nice breakfast sandwich or like uh, the Chick-fil-A scramble bowl, I'm getting a big old uh, large Diet Coke uh, and just chugging that down. If, if, you're, if you're talking about Chick-fil-A, you got to get the Chick-fil-A uh, burrito. But that, that's another topic for another day because <laughs> we could talk about that for 25 years. Um, but oh, yeah. Literally, I said, you know what? I'm going to make some coffee today. And like I said, it doesn't affect me at all. It doesn't really, you know, help me wake up or anything like that. I mean, I'm the type of guy that can drink coffee and then all of a sudden I will literally go take a nap. It's not like, you know, I I need it to wake up and and, and get my day started. So my girlfriend, she accidentally spilled some in her car. And I was like, man, how did that happen? You know, blah, 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 blah. And uh, she got caught in traffic. So she was kind of in a rush uh, to get where she was going as well. And then all of a sudden... I make my coffee and I grab the to-go right. cup, and because she has like a nice, you know, Yeti and all that stuff, but I don't drink it all the time, so I just use the, the stupid paper to-go cups or whatever. Sure, and, sure, killing trees left yep, and right. Mike's yeah, on. exactly. And uh, yeah, I'm a lumberjack over here. So um, <laughs> that's the biggest thing is I put the lid on, and you never know when those damn lids are on or not. Mm, so I always do right. the lift test. Like I, I hold the bottom just just slightly, just in just in case it falls. And I pick sure. up the lid, like picked up the cup from the lid to see if it holds the weight, because then I know it's on. Yeah. And I kind of did that today, kind of. Um, but uh, I kind of bypassed it. And then all of a sudden, I pick up the cup and I'm like, oh, I, no. I, I look over and all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second, where, where's all this, this coffee coming from? And then I look at the cup and then all of a sudden, this coffee, like on my hand, like just spilling out. Oh, and I'm like, geez. whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I don't, I, I don't even know what was happening. 
And then all of a sudden, I put the coffee down. I clean it up, and I, and I texted the picture to my girlfriend. I was like, hey, you know, hey, this, you know, my coffee disaster ha- ha- in the household this morning. It happened to me, too. You know, this is that. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, I put the lid back on because it wasn't that much coffee, but it was still, like, on my hands right. like that and on the, on the counter. So then all of a sudden, I ended up uh, pressing the lid back down. I grabbed the cup, and all of a sudden, I hear this, like, this, like, drip, drip. And I was, I was like, what was it? What was that? I, I looked down at the coffee. It starts dripping on, like, like the, the seat or something like that that she has in her apartment. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, it's leaking again. I said, is it, this thing, like, leaking? And all of a sudden, I, I grabbed it, and all of a sudden, it started coming out again. And I, oh my god! <laughs> what a disaster! I was like, I said, I said, you're you're finished, you're finished. Yeah, I had, yeah, no coffee to, today. I poured, yeah, no coffee. I poured it out, and I said, screw this. I spent some time making this thing. I was all excited, and it just, it was, it was. Oh. that's the world telling you, like, hey man, we're just not gonna let you have this thing today. <laughs> like, it's just, no matter what, you're just not gonna get to enjoy this coffee yeah. this morning. One way or the other. So, so, so that was a morning situation. I want to ask you in a second uh, what um, what your worst morning uh, things are. But I, I texted you uh, a little bit earlier today. It was about four o'clock or so. And I texted right. you, "Is chivalry dead?" Because I went to Kohl's to return this Amazon thing. Right? I go yeah. there, I return it. I, you know, I, I leave or I'm about smooth to, transaction, yeah, smooth transaction, Coles, Hey, five, five dollars, Coles cash. Like I, 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 I didn't uh, even know people still went. To yeah, Kohl's, I didn't know Coles yeah, still okay. a thing. And all of a sudden I see this lady behind me walking out. So I, I hold the door open for, her, I do that bit. And she, the, the nice, of yeah, you. the little metal detector thing goes off and she like looks back and sh- she's still in the doorway. So I'm, I'm sitting there in limbo holding this door. While she right. looks back at the register, trying to you know translate because she was not speaking English, and she was trying to translate, and I'm sitting here like holding this door open, and I'm in an awkward position, like I'm reaching behind me and all this kind of stuff. And at some point, you have to make the decision: Do I just let this go because she's occupied? And I'm just gonna well, no, go live if, my if life. I, if I let the door go, it probably would have smacked her right in the back. Oh, okay. So she was still in the there. doorway, so she was standing. Okay, th- this is a whole different level. Exactly. Okay, so okay. I'm like, like I said, I'm sitting there in limbo in the doorway while this lady is just. I mean, that's just insane. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, I, like no, like she didn't go like it's all right, go ahead or anything no, like that. No, and and no, then okay. when the lady from the register came around and said like, go ahead, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. You know, the lady came through the door and she didn't say thank you. I was like, I've been sitting here for 27 seconds holding this door because you decided to get in the doorway. And then your arm was starting to shake a little bit (laughs) because the muscles were getting tired. (laughs) And then all of a sudden we get through the second door. I hold it again and she doesn't say thank you again. And that just, oh, it just tilted me to no end. It tilted you. I I literally sat there and right when I was walking away, I was like, don't worry. No, no, No thanks needed. And she. And I was about to say, I thought you were going to throw out a "you're welcome" or something like that, a little passive aggressive. Well, I, I figured the first time maybe she was just kind of like flustered a little bit because she had this little right. metal detector thing go off. But then the second time, I mean, you have two tries, two tries, just just I mean, you're to dealing say with thank a you. robber, a robbery. <laughs> you just let the you held the door open for this <laughs> this robber. She's stealing everything from Coles. Uh, man, that's too bad. I I I feel for you in that situation because the door situation. Bit. No, I'm with you because I think especially if it's just like a little, like let's say it was, you know, she was walking right behind you. It was right. a quick thing. You held the door open for a second. She goes through. 
I mean, she sh- still should say thank you, but if she doesn't in that moment, all right, whatever, so be it. But the fact that you had actually stood there and waited I mean, it for was, like a minute. It was, ex- it was extended. Through, it was extended time. <laughs> and then didn't say thank you. Those are the people that need to be thrown into the fire pits. <laughs> I mean, those are the worst of society. So, yeah, I'm, with you. I'm, I'm totally with you on that because, I mean, I think – you just have to throw, even if it's just a little, hey, thank you, uh, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. It goes a long way because you went out of your way. You wasted a minute or two of your life that you're not going to get back at no. the end. Uh, dead. <laughs> and, uh, and exactly, dead. <laughs> and uh, this lady wasted those couple minutes. So, you know, the thank you to her yeah, yeah, because yeah. she really, I mean, yeah, that's just rude. It's rude. It's just, I mean, it's, it's like, come on now. I, 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 I'm not asking for much. I mean, honestly, that's why I said is like, people in this world nowadays just don't care they they're right. they're all about themselves and stuff like that and i'm not talking about politics or anything like that i'm talking about just people in general where it's like sure it it, it, it crosses all boundaries it doesn't matter yes. all all backgrounds all political affiliations all anything there are jerks from all walks of life it's the same thing we have to it's, deal it's the with. same thing as being on the road and saying Hey, you know, I'll let this guy go through because he's trying to cross lanes of traffic or something like that. Like, g- oh, give yeah. him a nice little wave. Or I'm Ellis Island, man. I let everybody in. <laughs> oh, Every, everybody, everybody's in. I let everybody in when I. Uh, there's no, there's no wall when it comes to my car. <laughs> I, I let everybody go in front of me. I, I'm a, I'm a pretty ge- generous merger. I'm, I'm pretty much like, hey, you, you know, you want into? Come on are, in. Come are on you in. the guy? It could be three lanes over. Are you, are you, <laughs> are you the guy that? When you let somebody in, or no, when someone lets you in, I should say, and you like have yeah. to know that they see your wave, a hundred percent. So, do you actually? I go hand up, I go hand up, kind of give a wave, and then you put it down, and then you got to put it back up again just in case <laughs> they missed it. Maybe they look down for a second. They're changing the radio dial or looking at the GPS. You got to put the hand back up. Say, uh, I'm just, just, just thank you again. I do the one thank wave. I go, I, I go like it. this. I do the two fingers and the thumb up. So it's like I'm calling a strike nice. in baseball. I go full hand, full uh, hand full up hand. in the air. Dikembe Mutombo, I'm blocking it. Um, I what I what pisses me off though is when they don't wave when I let them in, especially in a precarious situation right. where it's like, hey buddy, I really stuck my neck out for you here. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, there's a 50 car pile up, and I'm letting you cut in front of me here, and you're not even waving at all. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think next time I see you on the road, I might have to uh, give you the old middle well, finger. Well, I don't know. It might not happen. Uh, what's and then going real be- real quick back because I know we could go on with that for a while because I have some more other things to say, but I want right. to still hear about your morning uh, situations. Like what has happened to you? That's and I'm not saying this morning was like detrimental. It, it did did you know it did rip me a little bit that I had to basically you know not have the drink I just made and I was thirsty and parched and I wanted to have something that wasn't water. So right. t- tell me something that is happening. I guess you could say in the last couple of years that has really tilted you in the morning. Oh well, my life now is just waking up at like midnight True. to get a crying baby going back to bed and then like an hour later she starts crying again and i go have to go get her again <laughs> and then uh i look at the clock suddenly and it's like oh crap it's time to wake up and i got like two hours of sleep so that's that's my life right now right, really right. besides that uh, pre-baby i mean nothing much i think it was always one of those things where it's like super cold in the morning and your car's taking forever to warm uh-huh. up or like 
you know, you forget something at home and you're like halfway to work and you're like, ah, it's too late for me to turn around now. Just like for me, it always tilted me if I left my charger at home and I'm like, all right, now I got a finite amount of battery to work with today because I'm clearly going to be playing games on my phone <laughs> and working. Uh, you know, that sort of stuff is what, what always used to annoy the crap out of me, especially because it's kind of a pain in the ass to get out of my neighborhood. Yeah. So if you forget something, trying to get back, like you're going on Route 50, there's buses, there's cars all over the place. Yeah, you're screwed. It, it would be an impossible impossible thing. So that would always tilt me the most. But right now, what tilts me is just I get no sleep. I mean, it's it's like I'm I'm like on a reality show or something where I'm like Survivor. Yeah. I mean, I'm just getting no sleep. I, I, at I'm, at, I'm <laughs> at the point, just going back to what you said about, because uh, I've been to your house before, um, going back to, you know, having that, that, oh, I have to trek back through the neighborhood or whatever. Right. The problem right. is I love having a parking garage and I, ha I have it attached to my building. I love having that. But the problem is, is that I have to go up to the third floor. So it's like I'm literally doing a NASCAR or a Hot Wheels. It's right, like a Hot right. Wheels track. And I'm sitting there going oh, yeah. around. Zoo, 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 so zoo, so, so now, literally yeah. when I get to my car, if I forget something in my car, it's usually a 50-50 that I'll go back or not. Because it's like I right. need to get down this, you know, I need to go down the loop-de-loop -loop here because I, I can't keep going up and down because it just tilts me. And I don't want see. I'm lucky about that. Where my car is just right there, right. just outside the house. But no, we all we all have our we all have our burdens in the morning right. for sure. And some of us spill coffee all over ourselves and and deal with all that. Uh, but remember, people always say thank you. Somebody holds the door open for you. If you say don't say thank you, then you're part of the problem. Uh, let's <laughs> hit up the rewind real quick and talk a little bit about the previous week in DC sports starting. With the Washington football team now fall to six and seven after the four-game win streak is broken. Still second place in the NFC East, still in the wild card hunt. We'll, we'll get to that later, but 27-20 the final here. Uh, this team was down 24-0 at one point, uh, including 18-0 after the first quarter, uh, but able to come back and make it a one-score game somehow. Uh, Taylor Heineke, 11 for 25, 122 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, scary Terry. No catches in this game and left the game early with a concussion. A rough day for him for fantasy football owners. Uh, the Cowboys, five sacks and a pick. Uh, Washington football team, three for 14 on third downs. And Cole Holcomb uh, did have an impressive pick six within the last five minutes, made it a one-score game. But you had this Kyle Allen fumble, uh, which we didn't really talk about much on the postgame. We'll, we'll talk about that in our segment. I, I want to get your thoughts on that play specifically because right. we did have James Flippen from the contender did tweet it as thinking that uh, mentioning for his thoughts were that that shouldn't have been called a fumble. We'll get to that in a bit. And one last no note on the Washington football team is Jonathan Allen has entered uh, COVID protocols and could be missing next game, which is a huge loss because this line is already missing Montez Sweat, already missing Chase Young. We got nobody rushing from the edge. And now you lose Jonathan Allen, arguably your best defensive player this year. That would be rough. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Let's move over to the Caps. So the Caps are... 17-5-6, 40 points, first in the Metro Division. They had a uh, semi-pretty good week, I would say, except for the loss for the Penguins, but we'll get to that in a second. On Monday, they beat Anaheim 4-3 to in a shootout, which is, I mean, mind-blowing that we won in a shootout right. somehow. Uh, right. John Carlson ties the game in the second period, scores uh, Caps' third and final shootout goals as well. So, big night for Carly, Tom Wilson scores his 100th career goal as well. Carl Hagelin scores his first of the season, which is always nice because they actually carried us in the playoffs last year, that late line. Um, and Ovi right. gets uh, 20th and 21st assists of the year, just racking up the points, Alex Ovechkin. And again, on Friday, about four days later, uh, they lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins, our arch rival. 
four to two. So Penguins, you know, the Penguins getting back at us. So that six six to one uh, loss earlier in the season when we just demolished them. Uh, 3-0, the Penguins were up after two periods. Kuzi and Eller scoring the third, but it just seemed to be too much because being down three nothing going into the last period, even though we did lose the Panthers being up four nothing, or excuse me, four to one early uh, last week. Uh, that was too much for the Penguins uh, because obviously they beat us 4-2. to two. Wilson left the game with upper body injury and Martin Farivari left the game after his hit from Brock McGinn. Even though Martin Farivari was back for Saturday's game against Buffalo where we did win in a shootout again 3-2. to two. Once again, these shootouts, hello, we're on a roll yeah. now. We just talked about last game. Are we worried about this team not winning in regulation? And then what do they do? They win two shootout games. Exactly, exactly. Oshie and Kuzi each with shootout goals. Martin Farivari and Lars Eller scored in regulation. And Vitek Vanacek getting off the schneid, stopping 29 <laughs> shots and getting the shootout victory. So the Caps have been pretty well on the on, on the streak here where they've actually been right. winning more than they're losing, obviously. But the team that's not winning more than they're losing are the Washington Wizards. Yeah, they have been bad, uh, and this was not a great week. Monday losing to Indiana, kind of the rematch of the uh, play-in game from back uh, last year. Uh, 116-110, DeMontis Sabonis, big game for him, double-double, 30-10. Beal, nice game, 34 points, but the Wizards still lose. Uh, They allowed 21 points off of 12 turnovers and trailed after the first quarter, and this is the M.O. for this team lately is they go down early and they just aren't able to climb out of that hole. Wednesday, they beat the Detroit Pistons in overtime. The Pistons that have not won in like 11 or 12 games, um, they took the Wizards in overtime, which is insane. 119-116, Kyle Kuzma does hit uh, buzzer beater three in OT. He had 26 points, a nice day for him. Beal at 25. Uh, But the big story from this one is the Wizards blowing a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter to, again, the Detroit Pistons, who, as a Pistons fan myself, they are the worst team in the league. And you should not be blowing 13-point leads to them. Uh, Saturday, the Wizards' bad luck continued. They lost to Utah, 123-98. Fourth loss in five games, ninth loss in 14. Daniel Gafford, a double-double, 14-11. and 11. Uh, The Jazz going a big run to end the third quarter, 13-4. And Kuzma was out of this game due to COVID protocols. So uh, they missed his scoring for sure uh, and lose that game. And then the final note on the rewind... While the MLB lockout is still going on, you can still sign guys to minor league deals, and the Nats did just that. A couple names that you may recognize. One is Mikel Franco, uh, longtime Philly, um, and the Nats signed him, 29-year-old third baseman. Really a low-cost, low-risk type move here. Um, you bring him to camp. You see what he's got. You can always move him uh, to another team. He was on the Orioles last year. Didn't really do much. Batted 210 and 403 plate appearances last year for the Orioles. He's more there for the pop, the possible pop you can get from him. So we'll see there. And the other move this week, uh, D. Gordon, uh, or D. Strange Gordon is what he's known as now. He added Strange to his last name last year, in case you missed that. Um, he They signed him to a minor league deal. He was always the guy known for his speed, um, and uh, he's kind of at the tail end of his career. Didn't crack the majors last year. He was in the Pittsburgh minor league system, if I'm, if I believe so. Uh, and didn't crack uh, his the last Pittsburgh lineup. <laughs> didn't. Cr- and if you don't crack the Pittsburgh <laughs> lineup, then you know you're not very good. My God. Uh, last major league appearances were back in 2020, where he hit 200 with a 268 on base percentage in 33 games. Four. 
the Seattle Mariners. Not giant news, either one of these ones, but it's the only thing you can do right now is sign guys to minor league deals, and so the Nats are bringing in a couple guys to camp. Maybe you get something out of him. They did the same thing with Jordy Mercer, uh, brought him in on a minor league deal. He had a good spring, and he ended up on the roster the whole season. So you never know, and with a team that's rebuilding, one of these guys, let's say he has a hot spring, could stick around for a couple months, maybe use him as trade bait. We'll see. Um, but uh, those are the two, the only two things to report from the Washington National side of things. It is time to talk a little football. The Washington football team. So, as I mentioned, Mike and I talked about this game for an hour yesterday, so we won't spend uh, too much time on this, but we just, we'll just we just hit some key points in case you missed go that. Go back and download uh, post-game the show. post-game show. Yeah, post-game show is on the Contender app, so you can go back and listen to that. Um, so 27-20, the final here. Uh, just some key things to talk about from this one that we talked a little bit about yesterday. Um, and, and the first one I'd like to start with is Taylor Heineke um, because – Obviously, you and I have gone kind of back and forth on the guy, just like you know uh, he has played this year, where he had was off to a bad start. He really pulled it together in this uh, win streak, and then yesterday, you and I agreed when we talked over text that he just looked nervous. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the first times I feel like we've seen Taylor Heineke just look off and look a little nervous, and and kind of maybe the spotlight of the rivalry and the fact that this team is actually in the playoff hunt again. It might have caught up to him because Taylor Heineke did not look comfortable pretty much at all yesterday. Um, he made one big pass, which was the one to Cam Sims, and ended up as a touchdown. I'd say that's the only notable pass I can even remember from the day. He had, you know, there were some drops and things like that. Obviously, Terry McLaurin couldn't pull down the big play um, when uh, he had an opportunity, and there were a couple other drops. But overall, a really, really bad performance from Heineke, and not a great sign. Um, for for a guy who this team is going to really need if they want to make a playoff run here, Mike. Yeah, and not to mention when you're talking about he kind of looked just kind of flustered. I, I think that he was honestly just not prepared to go out there. And I said this on the postgame show. I don't think that Scott Turner prepared him well enough to go out there and, like I said before, win the game for them and make a huge comeback. Now, did they expect to go down 18 to nothing? I don't think so. Did they expect to go down 24 nothing? I don't think so. I mean, I don't <laughs> no. think any team expects to go down uh, 24 nothing. But 18 nothing felt like it was literally you can clap your hands and all of a sudden it was like poof, 18 nothing. And that was the problem is I think that this defense was playing well enough for them to win the game. But the problem was also that Taylor Heineke, uh, we've been talking about it, especially early in the season, go out there. And we're not telling you to be a game manager because obviously Alex Smith in, in the later part of his career, even in his prime, people were calling him a game manager. But that's the thing is he took teams like this Washington team that was not projected to be good at all. He took that team before his injury to six and three. And then all of a sudden we oh, fell yeah. apart. And that's the thing is if you go out there and you're a quarterback, you can I mean there's quarterbacks out there that have made careers out of themselves because they can go out there and not lose the game for you. If the quarterback doesn't lose the game for you, you have a shot to win. But the problem is, is when the quarterback goes out there and makes mistakes and can't complete a pass and is taking sacks and is, is not using their athletic ability like Taylor Heineke has. I mean, Kyle Allen outrushed Taylor Heineke in one play. 
Yeah, I mean, he literally yeah, had he 10 yards on one play. And Kyle Allen is not a speedster. <laughs> yeah, by yeah he's not speed racer out there. I mean, he looked like he. people on, people on Twitter were like, is Kyle Allen limping? It's like, <laughs> no, I think that's just how he runs. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, that's always a that's always an unfortunate uh, circumstance when someone says, is that is that how you really run? Um, <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, that's just the thing is I just don't think that Taylor Heineke expected to be put in that position because I still am putting the blame heavily on Scott Turner for going away from the game plan, from going away from the run. I mean, you're literally looking at the the, the team's rushing yards, and yet, or excuse me, the rushing carries. And that's the problem is, yes, we were down early, but at the same time, I think even uh, our buddy said it uh, through our text message that basically there's a lot of game left. Now, we were not looking so hot in general, uh, but, I mean, if you take away Kyle Allen and, and uh, Taylor Heineke's runs, we had 18 rushes. Antonio Gibson, over the last four weeks, has basically almost led the league, if not led the league, in touches. Last week, he had about 28 touches. He had like five catches and 23 carries. This week, he had 10 carries. Yes, he did have that crucial fumble, but the fumble happened in like the late in the third quarter. I mean, yeah. literally, late in the third quarter, he had less than 10 carries at the time of the fumble. I just don't understand how you can try to put Taylor Heineke in that situation because Taylor Heineke, once again, is not the guy, but he is. And I think John Kime said it uh, perfectly, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was John Kime that he said he is like a quadruple A quarterback in in the sense of baseball. He is not good enough to be in the majors, but he's not good or not bad enough to be uh, a backup. And that's the thing. He's in that limbo stage where he's probably one of the top four quarterbacks uh, as backups because you've seen those flashes, you've seen those those miraculous plays that he makes. And I, I mean, he was fantastic for that win streak. Yeah. We can't knock him at all. He played out of his mind for four games where he did everything that he needed to do in those games, and you know, all credit to him and showed those flashes of being a, a like you mentioned a great solid quarterback and yesterday just showed that okay he, he can carry this team at times but he's still not a fully complete starting quarterback in the NFL. yeah and, and that's why you're seeing guys like Mike Glennon get uh these type of contracts to yeah. go be a starter in Chicago or wherever it was at the time I believe it was in Chicago and now he's going out there and he's starting for New York because uh Daniel Jones's injury and he has plenty more weapons than Taylor Heineke does and he, oh, and like yeah. I said, he got a contract that was out the wazoo for Chicago. Didn't start there, I think, whatsoever. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at him going out there and just blowing it for New York. And they're just getting blown out left right. and right. They're they're terrible, and they have a decent team. I'm not. I, I always said that New York has a decent team. They got weapons. Their their defense is not that bad, but. It's just the quarterback play. And that's why you're seeing Taylor Heineke go out here with not a lot of weapons. Logan Thomas has basically been on the bench for 90% of the season so far, and he was supposed to be your number two target. You have Antonio. Curtis Samuels yep, been exactly. non-existent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, as you said on the postgame show, he's been on the milk carton for a long time too. And it, it's just bad to see a guy go out there. And like you said, we saw it on TV. We saw it in his eyes. We saw it in his demeanor that after he missed that throw to Curtis Samuel, it just felt like he wasn't really, I don't want to say prepared every single time, but he just wasn't really in it. And I, I mean, I, when I say in it, I mean like he wasn't, and I'm not saying like he didn't have the heart 
or he doesn't have the IQ or anything like that. Right. But you right. put the ball in a Drew Brees, a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You put the ball in those guys' hands, they're going to go out there and make something happen. But he's not them. So you have to make no. sure you plan around his strengths. And yesterday, you know, I mean, now I'm not saying that it's not in their their playbook, but it could be in their playbook. Well, why not do some RPOs or something like that with him? Use his legs. Do something that could be off the cuff. I don't think Dallas would have expected that. But, you know, I just think that Dallas was with getting some guys back on defense. They just flustered him, and Scott Turner just didn't put him in the best spot to win. No, and, and I think, again, it comes back to – the fact that it just didn't seem like this team had a good game plan for this game. Yeah, it it really did. I mean, even the passing situations that were set up, I mean, we're talking about Taylor Heineke having four or five guys surrounding a receiver. It's like, well, that's not the play, or that's not the read, and let's do more checkdowns and things like that. And like you said, got to get Antonio Gibson going. And, and the fact that he barely carried the ball yesterday uh, just baffles me because that's one of the things that was working for this team during the win streak was establishing the run game, old school football with a guy that is, um, you know, not as super well known around the league, especially not for other teams, fans and things like that. Antonio Gibson has been playing great. Um, so the fumble's unfortunate. And we talked about it yesterday where it's just like, man, you just can't do that. You just can't be fumbling the ball as much as he has. Uh, before we move on, I did want to ask though. I mean, so in my opinion of the Kyle Allen play, was and they talked about it on the broadcast too. Is there it had, you know, there there were a couple elements to look at. Uh, a couple, one of them was okay. Was the ball already coming loose before his arm comes forward? It appeared so. Um, it was like, all right, is his knee down before it? No. I mean, it look at the end of the day, it looked like a fumble to me. I didn't necessarily even really question. There were other plays in this game that I questioned. But that was not necessarily one of them. Did you have any other reaction to that fumble at the end? I mean, besides being, you know, frustrated that it happened, were you looking at that play and going, no way, is that a fumble? Yeah, definitely frustrated that it happened. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's definitely one of those plays where it's like Kyle Allen just needs to tuck it there. I mean. Right. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, it was the wrong play to make from the quarterback position for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and Taylor Heineke had a bad fumble earlier in the game too where he probably needed to, to tuck in. Instead, he got absolutely decimated. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just think that to answer your question, now I, I do semi-agree with the call. I, I honestly don't think that you can – if they said the same thing for Cam Sims's, uh his his like incomplete call. They said you have to call that a touchdown and overturn it by uh, replay, right? Because that's the biggest thing is if the guy catches the ball, you can't say, oh, no, he, he was totally out, and then all of a sudden you, you see two parts of his body hit before he even went out of bounds. Um, it's just I, I I do agree with the call because I I think that it was coming a little bit loose, but at the same time, that's that rule is always determined by whoever's being the ref at the time and stuff like that, I think, too. Yeah, I wouldn't have been shocked if it hadn't if it had been overturned. Yeah. If they had said not a fumble. Like, I wouldn't have been like, whoa, they really screwed that up. It did look a little yeah. 50-50. So I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I also don't like D- – <laughs> I don't know why, but I just don't like Dean Blandino or Mike Pereira. I think it's so yeah. annoying when they're like, oh, let's, yeah. let's go to Dean on this one. Like, I don't care what Dean has to say. All I care about is what the rule is. Don't tell me what your opinion I'm with you. is. Like when they first introduced having the ref as part of the having like an old ref as part of the broadcast team, it was interesting at times when they first when it first got introduced because it was like okay, now we get the ref's perspective on what could be going on here. 
But then the guys kind of went to this mode where they're going to constantly just defend the refs and their decision making. And it became not an unbiased, un- unbiased observer yeah. uh, giving their opinion. It became, all right, well, I don't want to make this guy look bad because I know him well. I used to ref with him and I don't want him to look like an idiot here. So I'm probably just going to go with whatever the refs call. And suddenly my job has become just defending the refs. Yeah. And that's where it's like, all right, well, then we don't need you. We don't need you <laughs> yeah. on the broadcast well, it, because we know what you're going to say before you say yeah, it. Yeah, and that's the funny thing, too, is that they're always like, oh, yeah, this is my decision. You know, I think I think this play should probably stand. And then all of a sudden, like you said, they'll say, oh, yeah, it's overturned. They're like, I don't know, really know about that one. But at the same time, you know, that they're, that they're in the game. and I, They're like, I'm I could st- see why he called it that yeah. way. I wouldn't have, yeah. <laughs> but I could see why he called it that way. It's just annoying. It's like, no, I want a guy to be on the broadcast to go – you know, that is a crappy call yeah. or like, you know, like, I don't know what he's thinking there. You know, obviously, they're not going to blow it out to too much proportion, but still, you'd like an unbiased opinion. It's the same thing in the NBA when they've got Steve Javi and other guys hop on uh, the broadcast and give their opinions. And it's just like, I mean, look, officiating is an extremely tough job. There's a reason why officials are dropping like flies in the lower leagues, because nobody wants to do it anymore, especially yeah. now with all the cameras and replays. But, uh, you know, at the same time, these guys are missing pretty obvious calls and that's the bigger issue we have and and, and that's another thing too is looking at the broadcasters nowadays i'm actually enjoying a lot more of the nfl broadcasters that are coming out because yes you have the play-by-play guys you know kevin burkhardt and and uh just a bunch of other normal guys that you see on the broadcast but you know and i'm not going to keep naming uh cowboys and stuff like that because i'm not a big troy aikman aikman guy but I do like sure. I do like Tony Romo. Greg Olson has has somehow blossomed really quickly into that. Uh, I'm not an Akeem Talib guy. I'll be honest. I haven't I haven't heard Akeem Talib in a while. But you also watch the Lions games too, so he, I'm sure that he's been on some yeah. of those too. But um, I I just think that like like Greg Olson, like I I love how him and Tony Romo are sitting there and they're kind of telling their opinion, which is also really nice because Tony Romo is always like. <laughs> and then, then Greg Olson's like uh, saying his opinion. He said a couple things yesterday where I was like, "Yeah, get him, Greg, get him." Uh, but uh, yeah, that's what we need. I mean, we need those guys. I mean, I like I like where you ha- when you have guys like Olson in the booth. Where look, they they do this great job of writing that mixture of providing the context from a player perspective as far as like you know what teams are doing in that moment and that play and here's some more kind of insider type information that you wouldn't get as a fan yep. but they're also not afraid to give their opinions on the plays and the play calls and they're not afraid to call guys out and things like that and that's what you need from that role and there are a few guys that do a really nice job with it and, you, and like you said Romo um, for sure has been a, an enjoyable and Greg Olson has has really blossomed yeah. into a nice solid uh, color well, Greg also one of the, one of the better. Greg ones. Olson also said something on the John Bates offensive pass interference play, where he, I mean, obviously he he's going to be a Hall of Fame tight end, but he also sat there and said, "Well, in this situation, obviously when you put two hands on a guy, he started go, he started right. going into it, started breaking it down, and then that's what the normal fan, like me and you, know more football than the normal person. But then when it comes down to that normal person uh, watching the game, he's just trying to teach you, and he has that upbeat attitude, not like our friend FP." for the Nats now we don't we don't need to rag <laughs> right. on him because he's not here anymore but yeah, you don't want fake optimism you want you want realness and Greg Olson brings yeah. and I know exactly the play you're talking about he mentioned that all right Bates the way Bates did wrong on that play was the two hands extending the ref has to call that he's like hey if he had just gone in maybe with a shoulder push yep. or something yep. like that it wouldn't have been called 
because it would have been a little more subtle. But anytime you extend both hands out, the ref's like, I got to call this on you, man. And and he said that's more of just that's like a young guy mistake there, a rookie mistake that, that happens. The savvy vets, it wouldn't have happened to them. So uh, I'm with you. I, I, I'm enjoying him on the broadcast. But going back to this game and this team, it's just uh, it was a frustrating loss, a frustrating day. Uh, they made it close at the end. They kind of teased us a little yeah. bit. Uh, by making this a one-score game and having a possible final drive. I mean, it's very Washington football team to have a final drive opportunity that they lose out on because of a fumble. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing more uh, Washington football team or formerly the Washington Redskins mm-hmm. than having a play right. like that happen uh, against, of course, of all teams. Dallas, well, the funny, you know? the funny thing, too, was is at, at the end, you know, Vegas had the line at six and a half. And all of a sudden, of course, we miss an extra point for for the for, for, for the cover to not happen. Unbelievable! I mean, oh my gosh! Now, if you bet it on on, on the WFT there, then I mean, you just got hosed. Of course, oh, by yeah. another kick. Uh, <laughs> a lot of betters upset there. Uh, as far as the NFC East looks right now, uh, not a whole lot changed. I mean, the Cowboys still leading at nine and four. Uh, Washington football team six and seven. Eagles six and seven. Giants four nine. Again, this weekend's game against the Eagles. A uh, pretty big game Huge, yeah. uh, because uh, the wild card spots are still kind of uh, up for grabs. The NFC still the, the top four have have not changed. It's Cardinals, Green Bay, Tampa, and Dallas. Uh, but five through seven has kind of had some flip flops here and there. The Rams trying to establish themselves there, eight and four as the five seed. San Fran uh, picked up a nice win there, seven and six. And now Washington football team falls down to the seventh seed at six and seven with the Eagles and Vikings right behind them uh, at six and seven. The Falcons somehow in the mix as well. I mean, I remember when the Falcons were looked at as the worst team in the league <laughs> uh, kind of at the beginning of the season. And now they're in the mix. And the Saints are at six and seven also. So if Washington football team loses uh, this Sunday – then suddenly they pro- likely fall out of the well they would fall out of the NFC playoff race and they still have some tough games ahead so th- this is a pretty big game Sunday yeah no doubt about it I mean when you're looking at uh, this game coming up I mean the biggest thing that I think about is if Jalen Hurts is going to play you have to watch out for the scrambling ability because the sole yeah. fact that you looked at Dak and you looked at how they chewed us up early or excuse me late in the second quarter to get that late late second field goal, that was a problem. You can't play soft defense and all of a sudden expect Jalen Hurts to uh, nickel and dime you with the receivers that he has and also use that running ability because that, I mean, right now he's a leading rusher for the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's a huge deal uh, for that game. So you'll have to attend to the uh, injury report and see if he's actually going to suit up. Uh, I would assume that he's going to, uh, mainly because how important the game is to them as well. Um, yeah. But obviously losing John Allen is a huge deal for that because getting pressure up the middle, now they can actually double team uh, Deron Payne and see if Matt Ioannidis or Tim Settle can pick up the slack. But it's going to be very, very difficult to go out there and try to uh, you know, match the production that John Allen and the leadership that John Allen has uh, if he's going to be completely out for this game. Now, we're not exactly sure. I don't know if they've actually said that. Yeah, it's not official that he would be out. He's just going through the COVID protocols right now. There's definitely a chance right, that right. he will be out for Sunday, but I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe as of right now uh, that we're recording this, that he's not officially ruled out for Sunday's game. Yeah, so, so we'll have to see. We'll I mean, we'll have to see. see how Terry is. We'll have to see how a lot of guys are because we are just banged up right. like crazy. There was. It felt like every series uh, a, a player went down with injury right. and, and left the game. I mean, it really was. And it didn't even feel like that rough of a game. It was just – 
guys. I mean, yeah, it got a little chippy at the end, but that was just like, all right, guys. Oh, I forgot this is a rivalry, so we got to be a little chippy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, a lot of guys just go went down. I mean, Larson uh, went down with injury. We, we mentioned Terry going down. There were there were a lot of guys, and this team's already pretty thin. So. I don't know. Sunday's big, though. Yeah. Sunday's big. Well, it's a must nobody's win. Nobody's going to cry for I mean, you. It's a must win. If you have injuries. Yeah, it is a must win. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, we'll move over to the ice real quick. The Washington Capitals. Just briefly on the Caps, I just wanted to touch on. So the Caps finally get some wins past regulation. He had a couple shootout wins this week. Um, but the bigger thing I want to focus on, so five of the next eight games are on the road for this team. And I guess, Mike, I just wanted to kind of hear from you, um, you know, uh, judging by the kind of the state of the team right now, guys coming back from injury, uh, now some guys now getting injured. Um, you know, what do you expect or want to see from this team uh, over this next little little stretch here, uh, being uh, on the road for the next you know week or so, pretty much. Yeah, I mean they did have their big road trip to California not too long ago, um, and that worked out pretty decently well for us, except for the Seattle game. Uh, but you're looking, like you said, at the the little road trip coming up with Chicago and Winnipeg, and then you have uh, the Kings, and you're at Philly, at New York. The, I, I, for some reason, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with the Isles right now. They might have a, little, a lot of injuries or something like that. But they are, I mean, just, just just horrid this entire season so far. I don't know what's going on with them. So we'll have to get back into that because um, that's going to be uh, on the eve, eve of Christmas Eve. So uh, we'll have to get into that a little bit later. But um, right now, looking at these next three games, I'm glad that they do have a nice little break here uh, from the back-to-back this past weekend um, at Chicago. Chicago's starting to surge a little bit more than they were early on. Uh, now Jonathan Taze and uh, and Mark Andrew Fleury, all those guys are kind of getting in a groove now, which is really nice uh, for them at least. For us, not so much. But again, like I said, I think it's going to be nice that we got a nice little break here uh, to see Backstrom get a, little, a few more days and stuff like that. Uh, hopefully, we'll have to get uh, something, uh, some type of news uh, from from the the Caps. Maybe Andrew Gillis uh, for NBC Sports Washington will try to help us out with that little update on uh, Nicholas Backstrom's uh, return. Um, but overall, right now, I'm just liking how, and I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I'm liking how the young guys are producing. They're 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 picking up the slack a little bit. Martin Fairvari, he's had a, a nice few games here as of late. Uh, Alexis Protas, he's actually scored a couple game or a couple goals in the last five or six games. Uh, so they're they're picking up the slack a little bit. And the good thing about this uh, recent uh, stretch of games, you could say, is that they're still scoring. That's the biggest thing. If you date back all the way to November 26th, right before uh, you know the whole entire Thanksgiving uh, weekend and all that kind of stuff, I mean. They scored four goals against Florida, four goals against Carolina, four goals against Florida again, three against Chicago, three against Columbus. I mean, you go go all the way down the map. They haven't scored less than four, less than three goals, I should say, in the last like I don't know, ten games or something like that. So when you're looking right. at it, they're out there scoring goals, and that's that's keeping them in it for a lot. It's taking some pressure off the goalies. Uh, but when you're looking at the cap stretch coming up, Winnipeg, they're always a 50-50 team, Jekyll and Hyde type team. But Chicago, like I said. Uh, Wednesday is going to be a pretty good game because of the sole fact that Chicago has uh, been pretty above average over the last 10 games or so. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens uh, in that game in uh, the Windy City. But 
just looking at how they've been performing as of late, I'm not too worried about it. And actually, I should correct myself. They did only score two goals against Pittsburgh on Friday, but uh, I, I kind of blocked that out of my memory. Um, but you're looking at it, and I'm, I'm just liking what I'm seeing. But like you said about the, the whole entire uh, injury report, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that Nicholas Backstrom can make an appearance before Christmas. That's my biggest goal is uh, I would like to see him at least once uh, in the next five games. It would be nice. That's a guy who has been sorely missed, not only by the team, but by the fans. Yeah. I mean, Backstrom is a fan favorite for sure. Um, it was nice to have Oshie back for sure. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye on things. But big, big kind of road games ahead. We'll see how this team manages that as we get closer and closer to the halfway mark of the season. Uh, the Wizards, we don't really need to spend time with because, again, they're just embarrassing <laughs> right now. I mean, the magic from the beginning of the season – and uh, is gone. I mean, I, I think there was excitement around the basketball team. There was, uh, for the first time in a while, they were playing great. Um, and I feel like all that goodwill and magic is, is just gone right now. This team is just not playing that well. And uh, even on nights where Beal scores 30-plus, the defense gives up a, a, a ton of points because Bradley Beal is not that great of a defender, so you're not going to get much from him there. Spencer Dinwiddie is still not playing great, uh, playing timid at times. Um, and uh, they're just not figuring this out right now. And so it's a big task for uh, Wes Unsell Jr. to figure this thing out, Mike, because, man, you, to go from, like, one of the best teams in the league to now they're I think they're down in seventh in the East now – and falling fast, um, there's still plenty of time, obviously, to turn it around. And the expectations were probably this team was going to be like a seventh place type team. But man, to start the way they did, they are so far away from that now. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's been ugly. Yeah, and the thing about it is, is that the defense has faltered so much to the point where, I mean, our average for our defensive points per game has gone up by like two or three points. And that's just the biggest thing is now we're in red numbers when it comes to point differential, which is something that, yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at some of the games against the Jazz and so on and so forth. Like those certain games, yes, we got outscored by like 30. So that's kind of an outlier. But you're looking at the last 10 games and everyone else is surging, but we're not. We're four and six. The Cavs somehow are seven and three. Eight and two right. for the Bucks, seven and three for the Nets. I mean, you get, the list goes on and on and on that all these other teams in the last ten games have been gaining games and, and we're just losing losing our grip. And right now, you're looking at other teams um, that are probably going to make a run here later in the season. The Celtics, thirteen and fourteen, they've been pretty decent over the last ten games or so, even though they have lost three in a row. Um, they, they, they've looked good. They've had some tough games though, where, you know, they've had, you know, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, one of the two like out or something like that. Uh, so when you have one of your top scorers out, it's going to be tough to win some games. Uh, but I just think that the defense has, has been a little subpar as of late because you're looking at it. And right now, as we were one of the top, uh, three or four in the entire Eastern conference in defense, uh, right now we're, we're trending downward. We're fourth, fourth worst now. Uh, which oh, is not man. which is not good when it went when, not with the de defensive points per game, but more so with the point differential from what we're scoring to what we're allowing. Yeah, it is. It's just been ugly. It's ugly basketball, and it's funny. Somebody tweeted, uh, they were like, "What makes this bad stretch of basketball worse is is having to listen to the Wizards broadcasters as well." <laughs> so it's like, all right, it's like it's like you can give Cutcher and Gooden a little bit of slack when the team's playing well because you're like, all right, whatever, these guys stink, but at least the team's winning. And now it's like, all right, the team's not winning. And you got to listen to Kutcher and, and Gooden. So it's like it's just a nightmare all around. Um, so, yeah, the Wizards, 
just on a, on a bad uh, trend there. Uh, as far as going back to football real quick, as far as the NFC East goes um, from this past weekend, obviously the Eagles on bye week, so nothing to report there. And, of course, Washington and Dallas played, so two other teams in the division. The only other team that played, the Giants lose to the Chargers 37-21. Mike's favorite quarterback, Mike Lennon, 17 for 36, 191 yards and two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Giants give up 271 passing yards to Justin Herbert. Uh, Saquon Barkley continues his mediocrity, 16 carries, 64 yards. Now, he did get in the passing game a little bit, three catches, 31 yards, and did have a, a receiving touchdown, uh, but that's still <laughs> not what he's here to do. <laughs> he had to. They were losing all game. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Kyle Rudolph, a couple catches, 66 yards, a couple big plays from Rudolph. As far as the forecast on this, uh, for the week ahead, of course, Washington football team playing Sunday, 1 p.m. against the Eagles, the Caps, Wednesday at Chicago, Friday at Winnipeg, Sunday versus L.A., so two roadies and then a home game. Uh, the Wizards, big week for the Wizards, a lot of games here uh, as they start their six-game road trip. So this has already been a bad uh, stretcher for the Wizards. It might get worse because now they're on the road for six games. They're in Denver tonight as we record this. Wednesday, they'll be in Sacramento. Thursday, they'll be playing a great Phoenix Suns team. Saturday, they're playing a jazz team that just beat them. Uh, so this might be a one and three stretch. I mean, they might be able to beat Sacramento, um, but Denver could be a loss. Thursday could be a loss. Now, Thursday, I don't know. It is a back-to-back. Yeah, it will be a loss. Uh, Saturday will be a loss. So, yeah, it's it's getting ugly. And then uh, the only college football to report is we're getting closer to some of the bowl games. Uh, Saturday, the Radiance Technologies Independence huh. Bowl. Mike, I know you've had this one on your calendar. Uh, Eastern Michigan versus Liberty for I'm those a stock who are I'm a stockholder of the Radiance Technologies. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Everybody knows Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. <laughs> uh, let's hit up the final lap. 90 seconds. Some bigger stories in sports. Here we go. Of course, uh, one of the saddest news to come out in the past week was Demarius Thomas's death. I think died at, what, 33, something like that. Um, real sad news to hear. That. It kind of came out of the blue. It wasn't necessarily a guy you've really thought about in the last year or so, you know? Yeah, very sad news. I mean, he had his big, huge run with Peyton and the Broncos, and he was Peyton's number one target there, and it's just un un unfortunate news. I think they said it might have been side effects or something like that. I need to look more into it, but that's just unfortunate. Uh, Urban Meyer threatens the staff uh, as these leaks continue out to the media. Uh, the latest leak said Meyer and Marvin Jones had a screaming match and that he called his assistant coaches losers. <laughs> I don't know what's going on down there. Thank God. I, <laughs> I don't, I, 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 the guy's grinding on women at, <laughs> at, 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 at his restaurants, and he's calling his assistant coaches losers. Safe to say this has been a failed experiment in the NFL for Urban Meyer so far, right? I, you have to say that. I mean, they're losing. They have, they have the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence. He's not developing now because Urban Meyer, like I said, is, is, is yelling at their number one receiver. He is a loser. If, uh, Urban Meyer, man, what are you doing? Uh, Tom Brady continues just breaking records and things like that. He broke uh, Drew Brees' record for NFL pass completions and through his 700th touchdown Mike I, I don't understand why breaking records for Brady is going to be a thing because I mean he's like 47 years old <laughs> I mean he's like I mean, Jerry he's like Jerry Rice I mean let's be honest here I haven't had a chance to watch the ESPN plus man in the arena doc series on Brady I I will get to that at some point I hear it's pretty good um, it's just kind of telling the story of Brady I feel like we've heard it all before but I've heard it's well done, so I'll have to check that out at some point. And the last news, uh, Tiger Woods set to make his return, and in a special way, he's going to be playing with his son. 
PNC Championship Saturday and Sunday. Uh, that's uh, about ten months away uh, as of right now. No, he but, was he uh, was ten months away. Like he's been he's been. Oh, away. he was ten. Yeah. 10 Sorry, months I, away. I was about to say it's like I, isn't that coming up? <laughs> I wrote I wrote uh, it down wrong. I, I thought I thought it made sense. <laughs> right, right. With the, um, with the yeah, accent so, and everything, obviously. Cool moment with uh, you know it would be cool to see him and his son play. Son's what like 13, 14 I think now? I think Charlie is tw- I think he's twelve or thirteen. One of the two, I think. Something apparently, like that. apparently they said that he was lobbying to, or they were lobbying that Charlie is just so far, I mean, and beyond everybody else that they were trying to get his tees moved back. I was like, the kid's like twelve. Like, okay, I mean, come on now. Hey, Tiger's son, you know he's gonna have the chops. That's for sure. Um, so that'll be fun. It's always good. I mean, again, uh, it's good for the sport when Tiger Woods is playing. Right. That's for sure. Uh, let's hit up uh, the uh, trivia questions here. I've got my. Uh, Detroit trivia. So here's here's how this works. If this is like your first time listening or something like that, Mike has uh, some DC sports trivia questions that he feeds me, and we discovered a while back that I have the same game just in, with Detroit sports. So while Mike is not a Detroit sports fan, it's always fun to throw some questions at him just because he is a sports fan. So he's got some knowledge, obviously, uh, just to see what he knows. The pressure is more on me than it is on him because I follow both Washington and uh, Detroit. But uh, nonetheless, we have fun with the trivia questions. So I'll let you go first here Ooh. today, Mike, and then I'll hit you with the Detroit one. All righty. So I told you that this card has been the best card so far that I've gotten out of yeah. this game. Yeah, you've been using that one. Nice. I only took like you know like 26 episodes <laughs> or something like that. Right. Uh, so here we go. So I asked you the two that I think you would know the most. Um, but this one is going to be a WFT slash Redskins question. Okay. In 2006... To what team did the Redskins trade quarterback Patrick Ramsey just four seasons wow. after making him a first-round draft pick? Woo boy. So two th- <laughs> Ooh, woo, woo, woo boy chicken. Uh, in 2006, to what team did the Redskins trade quarterback Patrick Ramsey just four seasons after making his first-round draft pick? Now, I believe he wore the number 11. I think I have his jersey. I think I've only worn it like three times, though, ever. Um, right. Yeah. Patrick Ramsey. Okay. Patrick Ramsey. The Rammer. Yeah, they, they call, I, I they call mean, him the Rammer. I remember Ramsey. <laughs> I definitely do. Uh, and I remember the Rammer. Um, man. Patrick Ramsey. Where did he get traded? Okay, I, I do I, I do get a question. Um, okay, I mean, obvi- an obvious question would be, uh, what division did the team that he tra- traded him for. So this is, gives me a 25% chance. You know? it, it is. That's a good one. I thought you were going to say what uh, what conference is it, and I was like... So so did I, and then I changed it to division <laughs> at the last second. AFC East. AFC. The AFC East. Gotcha. Okay, so I have a 25% chance. Well, that, which helps. That, it's better technically odds. Technically, you have a 33% chance because uh, someone was the quarterback for the Patriots back then. Oh, duh. Yeah, okay, 33% <laughs> chance. Odds are getting better. Um, for some reason, I've got a team that is calling to me. Oh, calling. And it's like, I didn't follow the team that closely back then. So I don't know why this team would be calling to me. I should have asked who he got traded for. I will say um, that we did do a dealing with this team before right. for okay. a wide receiver in the past. That doesn't help you at all. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, okay, buddy, great. Um... But I, okay, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going with my gut, and I'm going to say... The gut. This could be wrong. I'm going to go with the 
for some reason, I can picture him with this jersey, Mike. I'm going New York Jets. Yes, the New York Jets. Wow. <laughs> wow. Stop everything. Really? It was the Jets? Yeah, okay. It was. It was the Jets. I don't know why. Did he Did he play? Did he get like a season or two with them? Yeah, he did. He did. Um, obviously, I didn't follow his career after that because, I mean, at the same time, yeah, I was like – Yeah, you weren't a big uh, – I was in middle Patrick school. Patrick Ramsey Jets guy. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, right. But uh, – For some reason, I can just picture him in a Jets jersey. That's what's, yeah. That was calling to me in my mind. Yeah, he uh, he definitely wow. uh, did go to the Jets. And the, the trade that I was referencing to is a reference to an older question that we used to have on the trivia, which was – Lavernius Coles for Santana right. Moss. Yeah, I was thinking Santana Moss. Um, didn't help. Wow. Didn't help you okay. at all, though. <laughs> no, but yeah, I was for some nice. reason I had an image of Patrick Ramsey in the Jets score. Okay, I impressed myself there. Um, let's see if you can impress uh, the people as well here. Uh, here's your Detroit sports trivia. This is a Detroit Tigers question. Hit me with your best shot. What Tigers righty? ran up a scoreless streak of 33 and a third innings on his way to being named 2016 AL Rookie of the Year by the Sporting News. What Tigers righty pitcher he did uh, during the season had a scoreless streak of 33 and a third innings and was named the 2016 AL Rookie of the Year. So I believe you do have a question. I believe it is a reliever. Um, that's not my question, though. Okay. I believe, does this player have a last name that is a restaurant in the Midwest? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Ask a better question. Okay. I have no idea. I don't think so. Like, it doesn't come to my mind where it's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely a restaurant from the Midwest. Um, Screw it. I'm just going to guess. Are you sure? I don't have any other questions. I don't have any other questions. You already might be down the wrong track. So, but oh, when you say a... reliever, do you mean is he a reliever now or is he st- – because he is a reliever technically now, oh. but he wasn't a reliever when he won this uh, award. He was a starter. Pitcher. Okay. And – I'll even do you one better. Oh. Still on the team right now. I'm going to go uh, – jeez, this might be completely wrong. I'm going to go Rick Portillo. Uh, no. It, it, first, a couple, a couple things. R- one, is it Rich? <laughs> one, it's Rick Porcello, <laughs> and he is not on the team anymore. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Mike Portillo. I know Portillo. Is a <laughs> That's class. what I thought it was. Is that what you're thinking yeah. um, No, it is Michael Fulmer. <laughs> no idea who that guy is. That's okay. Why would you? Like he's he's a Detroit Tigers. Uh, Michael Fulmer. He was a guy who was like pretty, f- uh, not necessarily fat, but he was like a chunky <laughs> he was pretty. He was pretty full. He won. Uh, yeah, he won Rookie of the Year, and then he had Tommy John surgery like a year later. Now he's in the bullpen. He's a little skinny now. Um, but yeah, Michael Fulmer. You don't know the great. Michael <laughs> I, I, uh, I I thought it, I thought it was Rick Portillo. Yeah, Rick Portillo. That's so funny. Is, is, is his first uh, name Rick? Yeah, oh, right. Porcello. Yeah, remember he went to Boston. He was on Boston for a bit, and I don't even know where he is now. But uh, that, but Damn. I mean, he he did pitch for Detroit. You're right. Um, I don't know if he won Rookie of the Year or not, but that was earlier. He was uh, he was there early. He was back on like the Scherzer team. Yeah, I I, uh, I figured he was he was he was older, but I said, you know what? That's right. the only guy that comes up because I wasn't gonna hey, say you went for. I wasn't gonna say Casey Mize because he's he's too young. Right, right, and hey, uh, you know, again, might get some slack because he doesn't care about the team. <laughs> um. All right, we'll finish off with the money line sponsored by DraftKings. 
Great week for your boy. I got uh, Vikings three and a half, and Navy was able to cover the seven and a half. They lost the game, but they covered the spread. Navy won. And I pull into – oh, Navy won. Oh, what am I talking about? For some reason, I was looking at that score earlier, and I, I, I thought it said right, right. So, yeah, Navy clearly covered the spread. Uh, so I go up back up to 513 and 13. Mike, an 0-2 week for you. You missed – the Bengals one was a toss-up. You missed that one, uh, uh, the Bengals minus one, and then the Steelers-Vikings game ended up going the Vikings' way. Uh, Steelers weren't able to cover the three and a half, so now we're tied, 13-13 to 13-13. Uh, a little embarrassing for you, Mike. I, I mean, I'll be honest. No, I'm just well, dude, it's been embarrassing. I think I was 10-6 and six at one point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm, I, I've gone three and, what, seven over the last 10, 10 uh, five weeks? You've had a couple 0-2 oh weeks when I've had, like, two and oh yeah, weeks, basically. It's been it's been so, horrible. Yeah. Uh, 500 uh and let's see last time we did it all the way up to 44 um uh, we're both at tw- uh, we've done 26 picks so we got 18 picks to go um until this round will be over so it could be it's anybody's race right now um because mike did win the first round of betting uh 21 23 to 1925 so anyways not that anybody cares about those <laughs> those, those are great great numbers <laughs> all right so i'll give my picks here i'll start with my lock uh, not super comfortable with this, but uh, it was like one of the few games I actually looked at to bet. I'm going to go Toledo. They're favored by 10 over Middle Tennessee on Friday. Um, I'm just going with Toledo. Really no thinking about this. I'm just saying, all right, they're favored by 10. I'm going to say they win by even more than that. Uh, and then my dog this week, I do. I did think about this one. I like the Chargers. Uh, they're a three-point dog to the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs are starting to play a little bit better. I know they beat up on uh, Oakland the other day, but I think the Chargers are one of those teams that could kind of surprise you every now and then. Um, and so I'm going to say the Chargers are able to take down the Chiefs here, or at least cover. But three basically means Chargers need to win the game. <laughs> right. Or uh, lose by the, a field goal, I guess. The only thing about the Chargers is, yes, they did uh, score a decent amount of points this past week, but who knows if the receivers are going to be back because the receivers were out this week True. his main targets. But – We'll have to see it. That's going to be a great game, though, I think. Because that's – I mean, the Chargers need need to try to get a dub here because the AFC oh, yeah. is so much more difficult to make it in the playoffs than the NFC. Uh, so the NFC, you can be a 6-7 and seven team and find a way into the playoffs. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think the two – just a little side note. I think the two most fun teams over the next five seasons to watch are going to be the Chargers and the Bengals. I just think sure. those two teams – I can't even argue that. They, they have, they have what some about good, the Detroit Lions? No. Uh, uh, Rick Porcillo. Uh, so yeah. he's going to come, come in there and play quarterback. Uh, so my lock of the week. I mean, I, honestly, I'm just throwing darts at a dartboard now because the last like six weeks sure. have been awful for me uh, after my hot start. So my lock is the Cowboys. I, I, it pains me to say that. I just think the New York Giants, they, they just can't. Giants are so they, bad. They're, they're just so bad right now. And who knows if Daniel Jones is going to come back. Um, you know, and Mike Glennon, he can't do anything. And then if they have Jake Fromm start, I mean, Jake Fromm hasn't been known since QB one. So, I mean, honestly, when you're looking at, looking at it, I just think the Cowboys at 10 and a half, I mean, they're going to try to go out there and just, just, just pound it down the, uh, the, the Cowboys or excuse me, the Giants throats and try to make sure that we have some pressure on us against the Eagles. Uh, and same with the Eagles against us, but Ten and a half is my lock. The Cowboys over the Giants. My dog is going to be Western Kentucky plus three versus App State. I believe that game is on Saturday at eleven a.m. Who who is, who is ever oh, wow. besides being twelve years old and going down to your local field with dew on the field? I mean, who is playing at eleven a.m. in college football yeah. lately? That's just un- unbelievable. Western Kentucky can score. I mean, they did screw screw around with my my uh, 
my conference uh, championship pick them. Uh, they did get blown out kind of um, in the early going. Uh, but at the same time, Western Kentucky, they can score. They throw it a million times. I think uh, their, their, their quarterback, I think his name was like, uh, not Mbappe, but it's like a, a Fepe or something. Some weird name. Uh, he just he just <laughs> slings the rock left and right, and they just make plays happen. But against App State, App State's only letting in like less than twenty points a game, so it's going to be a good game. But Western Kentucky can score, so I think they might win this one outright. But they have plus three, so that's my dog. That is our money line sponsored by DraftKings. You'll hear an ad at the beginning of the podcast with some promo codes and things like that. Feel free to check that out. Um, and as always, definitely check out the Contender app here. Um, again, it's Contender with a K. It's a free app. You can hear us do not only our podcast, but also live post games and uh, specials and things like that. Download that app today. Um, and follow us on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. We tweeted out today, next week, Mike and I, we're going to make things a little different next week because we're heading into Christmas and that sort of stuff. Uh, we want to take a step back from sports. If you listen to this podcast, you know that we like to dive into other stuff. Um, but uh, next week we will be airing our Festivus grievances. Next week we're going to just bring up the things that uh, really uh, our old segment grinds our gears and things like that that we used to do uh, from this past year. We'll be, uh, or just in general, we'll be airing our grievances on that one and probably doing some other Christmas-themed games and things like that. And then before the end of the year, Mike and I will talk about some of the biggest moments this year from D.C. sports also. Um, so a couple fun shows before the end of the year here is there's only a few weeks left. It's crazy to think. Uh, 2021's almost done. Um, but we appreciate you guys taking the ride with us all year long since we started bringing the show back at some point in the summer, I think it was that we, uh, and now we're at 91 episodes. Next thing you know, we'll be at over a hundred. It's crazy. Yeah. I, it's crazy. I wonder what we're going to do for that hundredth episode. I mean, obviously that's, yeah, we got to do something special I mean, for sure. It's like two months away, but still. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely do something, something fun, maybe a good draft or something. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we'll, it's crazy to think that we'll, we'll get to that milestone. We appreciate those who've been with us the whole way. Besides that, people, uh, again, big game this Sunday against the Eagles. I mean, we thought the Dallas game was big. Dallas game was big, but it was just more of like big because they're a rival. The Eagles game is like, all right, this is actually important. Like, this <laughs> is a legitimately important game because you lose Sunday and suddenly you start falling out of the playoff picture yeah. and it becomes harder and harder um, to see the light and trying to get in the playoffs. So. We'll be watching. I don't know if we'll be doing post-game stuff or not, but we'll definitely be watching. So feel free to tweet us, again, at Cerrone16 and at the DC crossover. Any final thoughts, Mike, before we uh, take our leave here this evening? Well, I mentioned uh, something in our group message uh, earlier today, which I'm not going to get into now, but make sure you stay tuned sure. again for next week because it is a holiday Christmas grievance. Um, oh right, yeah. You got to save your grievances for next week. We'll we'll be going. I mean, and my and, and for those who listen to the podcast, no, Mike has a lot of grievances, <laughs> and he likes to talk about it on the show. Well, next week, Mike, nobody's stopping you next week. <laughs> You're getting the floor. You get getting a chance well, to air it all out. I, I think uh, I, I'll bring some to the table, of course, as well. I think I'm getting uh, too old though, because because every single time I think about, oh man, I got to bring this up on the show, I just forget it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got to keep a notes on your phone or something. I have to. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, that'll be a fun episode next week. And feel free to tweet us your grievances. Like, if you have some examples of things you don't like or things like that, feel free to tweet us, and we'll talk about it on the show as well. Uh, I'll remind you guys this week uh, uh, over Twitter as well. But besides that, for Mike Cerrone, I'm Ben Simpson. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover. We will see you next time.